ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, YPulse, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their latest trend report on what's next for work. Mary Lee Bliss, YPulse's chief content officer, is here to discuss what YPulse's research can tell us about how career priorities and workplace culture are changing for young people. Mary Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I don't think a week has gone by since the pandemic started over a year and a half ago that people haven't talked about work, how it's changed, what it's going to look like as we come out of the pandemic. Is it going to be a return to normal or a new normal? And if it is a new normal, what does that even mean? So I'm really looking forward to talking to you about what young employees are thinking about work, employment, and how they see their careers playing out. But before we talk about your findings, can you give us some information about the trend report itself, the geographic territory you cover, the age of who you survey, how representative it is, and what we're looking at with regard to margin of error if we're comparing percentages? Absolutely. So YPulse is fielding every single month a trend survey and creating a trend report based on that survey. Um, We're looking at the big shifts that young consumers are fueling. So in this case, our What's Next for Work report is looking at how their career priorities are changing in the wake of COVID, how workplace culture has changed and what they're expecting now and in the future. And of course, we also cover the Great Resignation. We surveyed 1,013 to 39 year olds in North America for the data that we'll be talking through today. But we also field these surveys in Western Europe, the same trend survey to to compare, but on our own front, but also to share these findings with our Western Europe business clients. So we do have that data as well. And in terms of representation for North America, our survey sample is balanced across age, gender, race, and ethnicity. And our margin of error is incredibly small with a base of a thousand. We're looking at a a 3% to 5% margin of error. So we're looking at very close stats to how young consumers are feeling right now. Fantastic. So now let's dig in. The Great Resignation. We've seen the headlines and you even mentioned it. Is it a journalistic alarmist nonsense or is it a real thing? So often when we see these big headlines, you know, it's there's a lot of clickbait out there, especially about (laughs) young consumers and work. And so we really wanted to know is this happening for Gen Z and millennials? And what we found is that, yes, in this case, the great resignation is real. It is happening. Young consumers are looking for new opportunities, and many of them have recently resigned or quit from their jobs. We found that 25% of young people have resigned or quit from their job in the last year. And of that 25%, 10% did so within the last year and 8% within the last three months. 
So oh, wow. yes, it's, it's happening right now. So it's, it's <laughs> accelerating. Even you could say, yeah, is it concentrated absolutely. in one industry sector or region or job level? Are there any nuances about this or is it just across the board? It is happening in many industries, of course, but the top industries that young people plan to quit or resign from. So looking at the, the, the industries that are most at risk, it's retail and restaurant and food service industries. Those are at the top of the list. And really, it's the demanding, low pay, low quality work that expect a lot from employees for not much in return that we see young consumers no longer willing to put up with. And there's a few reasons for that. One is that there are more jobs out there right now. Um, There are more choices that they can make. But another major theme that we found, not just the research that we did into the great resignation, but also their approaches to career overall going forward is that there's a prioritization of mental health that really is making them change their priorities and make different decisions about what kind of work they're willing to take on. Interesting. What about generationally? Are there differences between the Gen Z and the millennials? Do we still see it's, gee, it's really retail, it's really food service, or do we have some of those more knowledge worker type turnover issues that might be, you know, if I'm a tech company and I'm seeing this, I'm like, eh, that's okay. I'm not a restaurant or (laughs) should they think a little more carefully? No, absolutely. Everyone should be thinking about not just the great resignation, but the reprioritization when it comes to careers of what's most important and also putting mental health as more of a priority. Now, when we look specifically at Gen Z versus millennials, they're, they're in different places in their careers. So the industries that we see that are most at risk, you know, retail and food service, these are industries that are generally being staffed with with young, young employees, right? So Gen Z is more likely to be working in those jobs than millennials. That said, when we look at the number of millennials who have left a job in the last year, or are planning to leave a job, uh, we see that the numbers are on par. Those millennials who are higher up in their career, more likely to be managing, they are also reconsidering things and making new choices. And they're also young talent, truly, who are at risk to leave. So you talk about career priorities changing and and mental health. Are there other priorities or is it just, I I want, is it life balance? Is that really, what does mental health in the context of a career priority mean? Mm -hmm. And also if you're younger and you're envisioning your career in the future, what, how does that translate? What does it mean in terms of how you're envisioning things? Yeah. I mean, I think work-life balance and mental health are two things that go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. When we look at the top reason that young people have resigned or quit their jobs. The number one reason for millennials is that their previous job was not good for their mental health Mm. with 27% of millennials who have resigned or quit from their job in the last year saying that's why they left. That's the top reason for them by far. But drilling into that, is that an hours thing? Is it a toxic employment? Well, that's exactly what, exactly why it? they go hand in hand because work-life balance feeds into mental health. If there right. is no work-life balance, then your mental health suffers. Absolutely. I think that they are tied together. And of course, the kind of reasoning behind that, their mental health suffering in that job can really differ 
job to job. It can be a terrible boss. It Mm -hmm. can be demanding hours for little pay. It can be that work, that lack of work-life balance that can really differ. But what I think is really important for employers to understand is that young people are considering their mental health and their stress and anxiety when they're making career changes, huge life changes, like changing industries, moving to new places, taking time off work or school if they're a student. You know, they are thinking about these things and making changes because of stress and anxiety on these big, huge milestones. And they are wanting employees to think about their mental health and to consider that and provide resources to help them get through tough times at work. You also, in previous conversations and also in the study itself, entrepreneurship comes up as something, as a career future envisioned aspect of what people are looking for. Being an entrepreneur is not a cakewalk. You are always at work. And so the, that's why I was curious about the hour aspect and if people are really teasing it out or Mm -hmm. are they imagining what an entrepreneur's life like, Uh, you know, what is it? And did they dig any deeper into, into that? Is it control over Mm. that? They don't mind working the hours, but it's control or is it something else? Or did you, or you, did you not, were you not able to obtain that kind of visibility into their thought process? Well, we have a lot of stats around um, their re-examination of their career paths. And we've absolutely seen in the post-COVID era that entrepreneurship has become more and more attractive um, to both Gen Z and millennials. And we've explored that in in reports in the past, Mm -hmm. but really delved into it here. You know, an important thing to understand is that it's not that young people are eschewing hard work. It's absolutely one of the ways that millennials describe themselves as hardworking. When we um, examined generations in 2020 and asked them how they well, they would describe their generation. Hardworking was one of the ways that they would do so. So it's not, not that they're against hard work. I think it's hard work needs to have a payoff and that can be financial, but it can also be about enjoyment and passion and if they are starting their own businesses or have the aspiration to start their own businesses, I think that the thought there is that they will be working at something that they are excited and passionate about. And also, I think that control that you mentioned is important. You know, we see with Gen Z and millennials that they have in a very short amount of time seen huge economic strife and turnover and ups and downs that have really made them question whether big businesses are actually as safe and stable as Mm. they have been in the past. And I think we see two generations who are wanting to take control of their own careers. And when we asked young people who told us that they um, aspire to be entrepreneurs, which by the way is 64% of young people in the U.S. aspire to be. Now I'm not saying they're all going to jump out and do so, but that aspiration has absolutely grown. Um, When we ask those who say that their dream job is to be an entrepreneur or their own business owner, their responses are filled with quotes and anecdotes about how they want to do something that they love and they want their hard work to be worth it. And they also don't want to have their careers and fates in someone else's hands. Those are major reasons that this is an increasing aspiration for for Gen Z and millennials both. So 
Are these trends, is this entrepreneurship trend, is this something that was already nascent and like so many things simply accelerated by COVID or was it an aha moment brought about by COVID or is it completely unrelated to COVID? I don't think it's unrelated to COVID. I think this time where so many people have been put to the test in terms of how difficult workplaces have become when you're talking about people who do work in the retail industry and the service industry and don't have desk jobs. I mean, this last year plus has been so trying, if not, you know, if they weren't put out of work, the conditions have been absolutely horrific across multiple industries. So you have a lot of people re-examining what they actually want to do because they have been put through such terrible times. Then for those who do have desk jobs, again, that sense of instability has been there throughout COVID. And I also think that there's a re-examination of just what they want out of life. I mean, it's a pandemic. It's really forced people to look at their lives and, and try to figure out what parts they want to keep and, and not and everything turned on its head. Absolutely. There's, there's a huge role that the pandemic has played in this right before COVID we saw with millennials who, by the way, after the great recession, and I think I've said this before on your podcast, after the great recession, there was this expectation that millennials would want to jump into startups and their own companies. They kind of had, there were these, not rumors, but this narrative that they were going to be the entrepreneurial generation. And what they did instead was seek out the stability that oh. they thought they could find in large companies. And then you know, because, it didn't pan out. <laughs> yes, exactly. But now they've seen that those large companies are also incredibly vulnerable mm-hmm. <laughs> when you see, you know, something like the pandemic turn things around. So we see Gen Z having, you know, lived through in the shadow of the Great Recession, watched their parents and, and family members potentially struggling mm-hmm. um, and see that workplace conditions are are not all they're cracked up to be across many industries and, and even working for those big brands. This generation has uh, is now aging into the workforce with kind of this mentality that they might be better off just doing things for themselves. And then millennials, we see an increasing affinity for startup life and entrepreneurship because they've been through it themselves. So, you know, COVID absolutely has had an impact for sure. We've seen over time very clearly in May 2018, the young people who told us that they would rather work for a small startup than a large established company was 43%. Today, that's 51%. So over half now would prefer a small startup. And we also see that when it comes to ideal company size for young people in the U.S., the number who say that they would ideally work for just themselves increased from 7% in February of 2017 to 24%, almost a quarter, who would rather just work for themselves now. It's an certainly over time, but yes, COVID has, has made people examine and rethink a lot. One of the things that was reported during COVID was that there was a she session, that women's unpaid caregiving and home-based work resulted in their leaving the workforce. Now that kids are going back to school, are we seeing women's careers bounce back? Yeah, this was, this was tough data to look at. Um, so yes, there has been 
a slight rebound for women going back into the workplace. And we, we saw very clearly in our data the number of um, employed women 18 to 39 just took a nosedive after COVID. And from that low in 2020, we have seen it creep back up. However, not at the same rate by any means as male employment rates have rebounded. Well, and that's curious, isn't it? I mean, well, is it? (laughs) Well, but I, but I guess the question then becomes, is it, are women wanting to go back or are they still stuck because of the childcare issue or is it our data shows that the childcare issue is still a major major issue for Mm. millennial moms so the number of millennial moms reported staying home with their kids skyrocketed in 2020 it went from 36 percent who said that they were stay-at-home mothers in november 2019 to 57 percent of millennial moms who said that they were staying home with their kids in september of 2020 that has decreased to only to now 50 percent in september of 2021 so a small decrease but certainly not it's still half of millennial moms who say that they're staying at home to watch their kids during the week now we saw the increase among dads as well. I'm not saying that millennial dads have not also, some of them uh, stayed home. We saw the same kind of bump. But at a population level, it's the women. At a population level. Yes, exactly. It's smaller. So we see 17% of millennial dads were staying home with kids in November of 2019. That went up to 37% in September of 2020 and down to 31% in September 2021. So you still have now the 31% of millennial dads who say they take care of the kids during the week versus 50% of millennial moms. This is still a huge gender gap. Are you seeing a gender gap in the entrepreneurship? I wonder if there's any, you know, I need to take care of the kids. I need to therefore control my schedule. I need to work. I'm going to be an entrepreneur, so I'm controlling my own schedule. Is there any gender differential in the entrepreneurship? It's a great question. I mean, we see very clearly that priorities in terms of what they want in an ideal job are not quite in line for males and millennial males and millennial females. Um, Work-life balance is more important for millennial females as is the ability to work at home. So employers need to know that. So when we look at the ideal company size and we compare millennial moms to millennial dads, millennial moms are actually more likely to say that they ideally would like to work for just themselves mm-hmm. um, and are slightly more likely to prefer a small company or startup size. Um, we also see that they're equally likely to say that starting their own company is um, part of their ideal career goals, lifetime career goals. Um, so, you know, Absolutely. There's interest in taking their career into their own hands. At the same time, when we look at um, their attitudes towards career, um, moms are far more likely than millennial dads to say that their career is not the focus of their life. It's just a job. Mm. 61% of millennial moms say that versus 36% of millennial dads. Um, And the other option was their career is their real focus right now. So millennial moms are more likely to be staying home with the kids, right? So of course, then saying that their career is not their focus right now, you know, those numbers feed together. We're talking about both employed and unemployed respondents when we ask that question. But 
you know, there is also this idea that their priorities are more about flexibility, needing to stay home to take care of the kids when they have to. So they are looking for different things in career. And this gender gap is something that is probably not going to write itself quickly. Well, as this millennial, has implications. This has implications for recruiting, diversity, and inclusion. Absolutely, you know, it that does. That's, that's absolutely important. Absolutely, does. So well, as millennial women look to go back into the workplace, which we do know that, you know, not all of them want to stay home. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. Been forced let's, into it. Let's, let's talk about hybrid work. There have been a lot of articles written all about Wall Street, for example, where the big bosses want everyone back in the office. But the question becomes, sure. does all work need to be done from an office? I mean, offices mm-hmm. were patterned after factories where you had machines and you had managers, you know, you had to go to the same spot. And prior to that, prior to factories, people worked where it was most effective to actually do the work. So are we seeing a desire for permanent changes in the organization and location of work? 100%. When work from home started for office employees, young consumers who have more desk jobs and don't work at a work site. Mm-hmm. There was, of course, a period of struggle. It was sudden. <laughs> right. It felt unexpected, though, you know, looking back, of course, how could we have not seen it happening? But it felt sudden and unexpected and nobody was set up for it. Nobody mm-hmm. was ready. Nobody's Wi-Fi was reliable enough. We didn't know how to use Zoom. Our data from the early days of COVID that was that people were struggling with work from home. It's been over a year and millennial and Gen Z employees have absolutely adjusted to work from home to the point where it is now the preference for many of them. And when we look long-term and ask them about what they want out of work culture in the future, we absolutely see that they want a little bit of the best of both worlds, sometime with their coworkers, but the ability to work from home when they want to. So 49% of young people who work in an office environment want to have a hybrid schedule post-COVID. And when we look at, you know, five years from now, the majority of young employees think that hybrid culture will be the norm. I've had conversations with some HR people who say, sure, right now people think that they can work remote, but it'll all go back eventually. And I really have to wonder if that seems likely. I mean, if you're working in a skills-based economy and unlike, let's say, retail or service for food where you have to be on the spot in a skills-based economy, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think that you are looking to attract and retain the best talent. And if you are freed up from looking within a commuting radius of where headquarters are, it it could change. So if people who are listening are recruiting, you know, either as the hiring manager or working in HR as a recruiter, what are the top things that they should be taking away from this trend report? So if you're looking to attract the next generations of talent, Gen Z and millennials, number one, you need to think about mental health Mm. and incorporating the prioritization of mental health into the workplace. We asked young consumers, young employees, how they want employees to be thinking about their mental health and um, providing resources. 
And we saw that very clearly the top response was that they want mental health days to be given in addition to sick days and then time off for self-care services and mental health services. These are things that they are hoping that employees will start to consider. Um, Access to therapists and counselors at work school is another uh, top way that they are hoping to get these resources at work. But we know that they are making decisions about their careers with mental health as part of that process, part of the decision-making that they are, they're really going through. So if you don't take mental health into consideration, you really are at risk of losing this generation of employees. These are the the top reasons that they're leaving jobs right now is mental health and work-life balance. The second big thing that really should be considered is that flexibility and hybrid work should not be a temporary fix and COVID related for these generations. They really see it as the future of work. It's what they prefer. And they, of course, do want some time with their coworkers, but, you know, there are so many pros for them to working at home. Many feel that they, especially millennials, get more done when they're working from home. They're able to focus better. 51% of millennials say they would take a pay cut to be able to work from home indefinitely. Hmm. So looking into the future, flexibility and hybrid schedules really need to be a priority and a norm if you're thinking about attracting Gen Z and millennials. And also retaining them, right? That this yes, is one of this, absolutely. if we go back to the why people are uh, the great resignation, this is, this is one of those reasons. Are there sure. any, so mental health, flexibility, any other things that recruiters should really put on their watch list? Well, the gender gap that we found is, you know, the solutions to that are not going to be quick and easy, as I said. Right. And when you're thinking about millennial females re-entering the workplace, which as I was saying, many of them do want to get back to work. They just need to find positions that allow for the flexibility that they clearly need. There have not been the social safety nets in place for them to continue working. They had to take care of kids. They, so many of them did not have a choice. So as they go back into the workplace, they are going to be looking for flexibility. We do see some large companies who are instigating programs like returnships, where it's a part-time to full-time kind of transition and certainly work from home and hybrid work is a part of that. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting is you, you mentioned about how people want to work with smaller companies. And I believe the idea there is that there is a smaller culture. It's more personal. People are more More understanding. Exactly. But in a large company, you sometimes have the resources to offer counseling, to offer flexible work arrangements where you can have two employees who share a job or team together. Yeah. It's something that large companies could provide if they wanted to. And absolutely there are more, there's more resources and more money um, in order to kind of allow for the the work culture that young consumers and millennial women are looking for. So it could be a draw for larger companies who are starting to be at a disadvantage in terms of preference, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but they could offer this, the culture and flexibility that um, millennial agencies really do want going forward. Well, fantastic. This has been so interesting. Thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice artist who recorded our open. And of course, all of you, the members of our audience, thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next. <laughs>